Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun character stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We loosely rely on the system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and often problematic content that comes with Dungeons & Dragons right out of the box. In short, this just means that we use dice to decide what happens next to our characters. Roll high? Maybe you convince a snapping turtle to become your friend. Roll low? Maybe that turtle takes a chunk of you when it leaves. Let's roll the dice and find out what happens next. Together. Far from the eyes of our adventuring party, our view settles within the interior of a small ship. Just outside one of the many small circular porthole windows in its side, clouds pass by lazily. In the distance, the moons and celestial rings of Asperon illuminate the open skies surrounding this airship, held aloft by a large canvas balloon. Within the hold, a faint firelight flickers from the furnace rooted firmly in the center of the room illuminating a figure hunched over a desk. This figure stands up, and in the firelight, we can see a small, shattered halo suspended above their head, faintly illuminating their golden braided hair pulled behind their back. This figure leans downwards and outstretches their hand to rotate a bronze orrery affixed firmly to the center of their desktop. At the center of this celestial contraption, a familiar long and thin shard of black crystal floats in the air, suspended by an invisible orb of force. This crystal suddenly pulses with black, glistening liquid and rotates northeast towards the small town of Whispering Lake, just a few days' flight away. The very same town where our party laid Irnan to rest once again. The pilot of this flying vessel notes the change in course and climbs toward the upper deck. Then, in the slowly darkening skies of Asperon, this small aircraft lazily shifts northeast, towards the heart of something more evil than our adventurers could ever imagine. So, for the audience's sake, um... AV couldn't make it to this particular session. She had some um, things going on home. She couldn't make it to the recording. So we're going to assume that Alea is just following along, um, having a little mental conversation with Igni to catch up with him and bother him a little. Okay, so would anyone like to recap what you grave robbers have been up to? Oh, don't worry. That still burns vividly in my shame memory. In my shame bank. Shame memory. The Vault of Shame. Uh, last time, if I remember correctly, we um, 
Oh man, I don't even know how we started though. We we went out and we're like, guys, we need money. Let's seduce a rich widow. Fast forward <laughs> ten minutes, we're digging up a grave as as one does. I know that we visited the hospital because we went with Rose to visit. Um, what's his name? Constance. Constance. Okay. I don't know why I wanted. I wanted to use the. I wanted to say Eustace, but that's not right. <laughs> um, so we we visited the hospital. We visited Constance. We uh, affirmed with him that uh, you know the necklace that he was wearing was the cause of his issues, although he partially blamed himself. We told him never to wear any more jewelry. Uh, for the rest of his uh, potentially short life. Uh, and then after that, we were following Rose a little bit, but she said that she had a personal matter to attend to. So we said, well, we had to go uh, deal with something anyways, and we would potentially meet up with her later. Uh, then we realized that the body of um, the body of Erin and Thistledown uh, that we were watching over had been moved because it wasn't a body originally. It used to be a living person, and then it died while we were in Dreamland. Yeah, that's a very so, long way to say that he ate shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we ran back to... Oh, yeah, we ran back to the holding cell where we met back up with... Um, oh, what's his name? Igni. I'm having trouble with names today. Igni, it's okay. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, when we met back up with Igni, who was pissed off because we left, uh, we apologized to Igni, and he was like, yeah, sure, whatever, in, you know, basic cat language. Um, and then we tried to find the body by asking a series of guards where the body had went, and they told us that he had been buried. And that's how we ended up in the cemetery. And you dug him up? Yeah, we attempted to d dig him up because we wanted to see if um, that black uh, crystallized ichor on his hands was still there or not. Uh, we dug him up and we found that Icker still there. Thurbash attempted to convince Tedward to cut the hand off. And uh, Tedward was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, he wanted me to pry his nails out, if I recall, which I'm not. Well, I handed you a knife, yeah. but yeah. So we reburied the body. And after a short prayer and like a couple little watch outs to make sure that no one was snooping on us, we uh, left the body there. Um, so before, I think before the end of the night wraps up, is there anything y'all would like to do? Rose is kind of still out doing her own thing. Um, I'm covered in corpse dirt. I'd like to bathe. Much, yeah, you should probably bathe. Mm -hmm. dirt. Corpse how dirt. How much time do we have before, um, we meet up with Rose again, roughly? Um, I'm going to say just for the, the sake of kind of fast forwarding through this. For Bradley, um, yeah. Yeah. You know that Rose is going to meet up with y'all in the morning. Okay. So we have, we'll assume at least 12 hours. Yeah, roughly. I forget the okay. exact time of day we ended on, but I think, oh yeah, by the time I, you guys were done digging it up, it was just about like... Sundown, sun was, yeah. Yeah, sun was setting, it was getting dark. Yeah, so we, we were getting close to like, uh, like dusk or at dusk, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah, would that's, anyone that's like to... We're, we can assume that you all will head back to the, um, oh, it was the Copper Kettle. You were staying there, right? Yes. Yeah. I think it's safe to assume that you all head back to the inn and get like a good night's rest. Um, yes. Tedward gets a nice bath. Hmm. Sudsy. <laughs> Haley, is there anything you'd like to do? I think Haley just wants, uh, Haley will probably either get a separate bath or go to the communal bath as well. 
Okay. Yeah. Spurs um, probably matted. There's one particular one in this tavern that, or in the, in this inn that you can use, um, but it's kind of like a one person first comes to first serve kind of thing. Um, so to fast forward a little, um, you all spend some time cleaning yourselves up and getting a, ref- a refreshing time of relaxation over the night. There's nothing to worry about. No one is actively trying to kill you, which is wonderful for once. In the morning, um, after you all sleep through the night, you wake up to a, a knock at your doors. I somersault out of bed with my cat-like reflexes, which is what Tedward will remember happening. But what actually happens is I stand up and immediately eat shit into the floor. <laughs> Um, you all hear this, and on the other side of the door, you hear Rose go, Are you all right in there, uh, Tedward? It's okay, guys. It's not an assassin. <laughs> I'm surprised you knew who it was by the sound of his meaty body hitting the floor. <laughs> it would have been quite a sound. <laughs> yeah. It would have been throwing, like, all the meat from your freezer on the floor at once. <laughs> Angrily. So, the door to your kind of collective rooms... Um, you guys all open up and you see Rose standing in the hall and she says, how are y'all doing? Good? Bad? Well, um, Tedward would like to just try to play it cool and not intimate that they dug up a grave fruitlessly. Tedward is not good at playing it cool. So I'm going to make, what would that be? A charisma? A charisma roll here? The deception. Or unless you're trying to not. Yeah, let's go with deception, I think. Okay. Let me just make that little roll here. That's a four. Oof. Okay, let's roll. Fine. Forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. No, yeah, nothing. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. I'll warn you, her insight is, yeah, she rolled a 19. Are you all right, Tedward? Uh, is, is it more book stuff? Uh, and, yeah, books. It'll hop up and say, what'd you, did you actually get whatever you needed done done? Um, yeah. Uh. Well, Ted, we'll talk about that later. If anything goes wrong, let me know. All right. But um, yeah, I went around town and asked for some um, just checking in with people and leaving contact information just in case uh, some more folks start vanishing. Um, double check with all the victims. At least Killick is, uh, like you know, the, uh, the goblin you dealt with. He's a fine and well and back in his home just outside of town. But... Yeah, I was um, acquiring some goods and pulling in a favor um, to get us a safe ride down the Opal River. And this is what I wanted to talk to you all about. When we first started this, I offered for all of you to join the Hunters and kind of be a part of the organization that I work for. Um, And this was kind of a test and you all passed with flying colors. You did better than I did in a lot of these situations. Um... Would have to take some time to go down to the the headquarters and make it official. But if y'all would be interested, um, would you like to pursue that, or do you uh, you had enough of this already? I don't what see do you guys why, think? why not. But I I do wish to continue to travel. Uh, staying in one place is probably not for the best. Oh, we'll we'll as a hunter, you travel a lot. Um, we get lots of contracts and travel. All the way up and down the uh, the valley here. Sometimes you get a, a nice hike into the desert. Do you get a badge? Towards the Cascades. Um, badge. Or we a can- cape or a 
we can maybe get you a badge and she looks at uh, your cape yeah. Uh, yeah. a real cape maybe no offense that it still is a picnic blanket <laughs> wait does Tevin want a cape exactly because about. of the uh, encounter he had I mean he's always wanted a cape okay like a real cape we'll see what we'll I don't see know what, what you mean by that he has a real cape <laughs> <laughs> it's just his current cape is argyle and smells like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and grave dirt <laughs> peanut butter and grave dirt title of this episode Ew. it might be let's stick with that crossing out the road ahead renaming to pb and grave dirt okay that's uh, official so so uh, edward bristles a little bit at the real cave comment but he's he's drawn in by the promise of a of an upgrade and yeah. a badge we can get um get you those kinds of things there's a little bit of uh flexibility with the guild down there everyone kind of likes to make their own brand but yeah we uh if you go down we're gonna we can head down to the crossroads and join the guild officially um you'll get an insignia and you'll be able to take contracts from the guild and like i said travel all the way up and down the valley i mean i've sometimes i've spent more than a month on a contract traveling up and down the road so you're interested i already talked with alaya she's good um and alaya is like eating some breakfast mm -hmm. nods her head up and down Tuberi is staring in horror at the jam on her toast <laughs> <laughs> oh no what have you done av i'm so sorry <laughs> should have been um, here it would be good to op open doors and uh, allow us to well travel a little more freely than not, not like we're being chased or anything. Wait, are you being chased? She looks back at Tedward suspiciously. What did you do while I was gone? Uh, Wait, did <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's less that uh, he he did something while you were gone. It, it's more before you met us. Uh, we were very rowdy. Oh, Check the book. All right, all right, all right, okay. That's fine. Um, everybody's all getting into trouble in all sorts of places. I Don't worry. I'll, I'll watch your back. You've uh, done more than enough for me. No, re no reason I can uh, do the same for you. Well, I, I, I'm for it. I, I believe it would be good to uh, learn to, to hunt um, more, more dangerous game. All right. What about you, Haley? What do you think? I follow the group. I have no issues with this, so I'm all in. All right. Cool. Let me go grab my my, my pack from uh, the flamingo down the road, and we can get on our way. And we're gonna fast forward here a little bit, just because there's no really need to role play this part out. I don't think. Um, after ten minutes or so, Rose reappears at the front of the copper kettle, um, along with all of you who've kind of you've packed up your things. She slumps a pack over her shoulder. First, I'm going to take y'all down to the uh, Obel River, and we're going to take this here trusty boat and make our way a couple days south. And as she says trusty boat, she kind of motions to this kind of what looks to be a toolbox in her hand. That is not a boat, at, at least as far as I understand boats. Boats are usually, um, well, they're, they're more like cups, and they're long, like like hot dog cups. The seafaring cousin of the common tree. She's already walking away. <laughs> uh, 
okay, keep walking. <laughs> Come on, you'll see, you'll see. Can everyone here just roll me a d20? Yeah, I can. Seven. Two. Oof. Seven. Okay. Um, so you have all been in the White Leafwood before. You're aware that the kind of ashen, um, white colored bark and the white leaves of this kind of forest is unsettling. Um, and she leads you on a trail leading out from town towards the, um, the Opal River. Along the way, you all wind yourself through the tree cover. Um, the morning sun is still slowly creeping across the sky. Um, and the forest is relatively quiet, save for the sound of a few birds. Um, after, say, two hours or so, um, you find yourselves passing by the very clearing where you all found your Thistledown. Um, in this wide open clearing, you can still see the kind of burned and decayed husks of the buildings that used to that used to define this place as a village at some point. Um, in the at the very edge of the clearing is kind of the large tree with the black crystalline um, flecks upon its bark, still standing tall and intimidating. Um, is there anything you would like to do while you're passing this place again? Tedward had a brief moment where he was going to brag about how he choked out a dragon here, but everybody saw that. While while we're walking, can um, can Thurbash just like stop for a second and like take a real hard look at the bark, just yeah, to make um, sure that like what he did previously is either worked completely or is still working. Mm-hmm. Um, roll me a. You can choose Arcana or Nature. Uh, well. I think Tedward's, or I think Thurbash is going to choose a nature, but I got okay. cool. So everyone kind of stops for a moment. Y'all take your breath, and Thurbash takes some time to walk over to this tree. Um, 16. 16. Um, and with a 16, you take your time to kind of pour over the, the white kind of, or I'm pretty sure the tree had but was blackened bark here because it was changed. But you kind of pour over this tree and look in the cracks and nooks of the bark, and you can see that there are clear scorch marks left behind from the kind of cleansing flames that you somehow summoned to wipe the corruption away from this tree. Um, And you get in close and you can see little flecks of black, something reflective. To you, these little flecks look like they're just left behind. And you can notice that the, the, the bark and everything around it looks like it's starting to grow around it. Not like in a way that seems a little more natural than the tree was previously. It's, um, it's encompassing, like kind of how a tree grows over a stop sign. Yeah, like it's growing over the, the scars and the corruption that was there before. Um, getting close to it, you don't feel anything odd or strange about it. It is a weird tree. It's always been a little odd. But um, Looking over it, you look up into the canopy, and before you notice, you remember that there were no leaves sprouting um, from the kind of web of branches up in the air um, above you in the canopy. But you can see now that there are clearly these kind of white leaves, similar to the rest of the white leaf wood, sprouting from the tree, um, which is, in your experience with you know, trees and woodland life, it's a very good sign. I'm just going to, you know, cheeky smile and give a pat on the bark and, and, you know, join back up with the rest. 
you make your way back over to them. Um, is there anything else you all would like to do while you pass? If not, we're going to fast forward beyond here to the river. I'm good. I think I head to the river. Okay. Um, you pass by. Uh, you leave this clearing behind and all make your way further and further along this trail through the wood, eventually finding yourself on the bank of the Opal River. Opal River. You can see pretty clearly at the edge of the river's bank, there is this kind of fresh growth of vines and woody um, like undergrowth that have grown out of the river in patches and are now kind of sitting as these little tiny islands of like woven um, vines and woodwork across the river. If you remember correctly, this is where Alaya cast her entangled spell to make you all a bridge to sprint across the river. Um, and Rose kind of gets down on one knee um, and puts her hand in the water and just kind of washes the water over her face, um, takes a quick drink, and then takes the, the box um, that she had kind of slung over her shoulder and puts it on the ground. She goes, have any of you ever been on a boat before? Uh, yes. No. Yeah. No. All right, good. So you have some experience, which is wonderful. I won't have to do all the work. Haley, uh, what have you, where have you been on a boat before? Um, and she's saying this as you watch her undo the latch on this box and it f folds open and she pulls out what looks to be almost like, have you ever seen like a, a cutting mat that's made of like strips of bamboo that are kind of woven together so you can wrap them up? Mm -hmm. um, she pulls that out and starts to kind of unlatch it and do something with it. But she says that to you as this is happening. Uh, I came here by sea. I came from another spot across the ocean. Oh, wow. Well, was it a long way or somewhere pretty close? It was It was a pretty long trip. Not terribly long, but pretty long. The more you know, that's mighty interesting. Where did you say you were from again? Small island. All right, all right. You keep your secrets. And as she says this, um, she takes the uh, this kind of bamboo roll and unfurls it very quickly. And you watch as it kind of leaps from her hands and in midair it unfurls. And from it, you watch a, a small boat, roughly 30 feet long. I'd say it's a bit smaller than Constance's boat, but it's a comfortable size. Um, it could fit the four of you fairly comfortably, along with Rose. And you watch it unfurl and plop down in the river, which this part of the river is particularly deep. Um, so you know that the boat is deep enough to fit. Um, but a small ship unfurls and is magically constructed within the river. Um, the water Ooh. around it splashes and kind of kicks up a bunch of um, like fresh water in your faces. And you hear some birds in the trees nearby suddenly flutter like crows and fly away. And you can see in front of you is this small 25 foot long boat with a, a comfortably sized sail standing off the top of it. Um, Rose quickly wades into the water and grabs a hold of it to kind of stop it from rowing away. She goes, all right, get on. Uh, are, are you sure this can support all of us? Yeah, I paid a hefty coin for it, so I'd hope so. Otherwise, I got a lot to say to Killick and it ain't gonna be nice. Hmm? He's the same fellow that sold us a bag that holds things. A bag of holding. A bag of bags. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. He doesn't like us very much, so uh, 
I mean, from what he said, Tedward kind of headbutt him for no real reason, but, uh... Tried to sell us a bag of holding. Come on, what did he sell this to you as? A boat of floating? No, it's a boat in a box. <laughs> uh, all right, whatever. I get on the boat. No, get in. Uh, as you hop in, you clearly see it sink a little bit, um, just because Tedward's the biggest of the bunch. Um, and the rest of you kind of quickly pile in. Hey, this is going to stick close to the book. Okay. Uh, Tedward's book kind of gingerly... Or Tedward, that, that's a better question. What does your book do in this scenario? Is it sticking with you, like, real close, or is it, like... Book follows me. Okay. Um, the book is hovering behind Tedward as it kind of floats up onto the boat. Haley follows in tow. And Rose kind of quickly does a, a little bit of a, a quick push in the water and then hops in the boat. And she goes, um, Haley, do you think you can, uh... Just tend to the sails while we're going. I'll keep us steered in the right direction. I can give it a shot. All right. She um, gets down, and you can see that she has kind of seated herself at the back of the boat. Um, and she has a, like, there's a handle for the rudder that she's keeping it steady. How would you like to go about dealing with the sails? Or the sail, sorry. It's a very small sail, maybe only about 10 feet mm -hmm. high. Uh, Haley will make sure that it is ca catching the wind. No, Rob having no uh, idea how to do this. It's just going to wing it. <laughs> Haley fine. having some, having at least seen it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to make sure it's catching the wind and going, we're heading south or north? South. It, we're just kind of, right now, you're just kind of following the um, wake of the, or following the flow of the river. Yeah, I'll just make sure that uh, the sail is catching the wind heading south. All right. You give it like a quick turn. Just roll me a check using your call, wisdom or intelligence, whatever you want to do. Whatever you think fits better. I think we'll go with intelligence. All right. So, 11 plus cheat. Oh, good old zero. Nice. <laughs> so 11. Okay. Um, with an 11, um, the wind is changing pretty frequently, but you do your best to kind of keep it in line with the boat. Um, and you all sail down the river. After some time, the white leaf wood behind you passes and becomes a dot on the horizon. And you're kind of left to this open plains on either side of you. In the distance on either side, you can see occasionally passing small thickets. And the sun slowly arcs over your head and you spend a long, comfortable day sailing down the river. Is there anything you would like to do during this before we fast forward? I'm good. Take that. Uh, Haley's just gonna have his uh, tail hanging in the water. Cool, Leisurely. Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I did. You know what I did. I have a bad feeling about you this. You're, you're sitting there. Um, what's your armor class? Oh, never mind. I know what I rolled. I don't have to do this. You're sitting there and your tail is kind of just comfortably swishing <clears> in the water. Um, and you, nav you kind of turn the sail to slow down the ship a little bit as it approaches some rocks. And um, Rose turns it out of the way. And this small little sailboat passes by a bit of shallow water. And you can hear the bottom of the boat kind of grind a little bit. But as that happens, <laughs> you feel a sharp pull on your tail. Ow. And you take two piercing damage because I rolled a natural 20. Um, mm. Did the boat make an attack roll against him? Nope. What, did you, what, <laughs> what would you like to do? You feel something very sharp latch down on your tail in the water. It might. Am I still in charge of the sail? Yeah, your your tail is still kind of comfortably hanging off the side, though. Oh, I immediately, in shock, just pull out the sail and then, pull, and then try to figure out why my tail is hurt. 
Okay, you you turn the sail to the side, and the ship comes to a sudden stop, and Rose goes, Haley, you were... And then you hear her... As you look, when you lift your tail out of the water, there is a snapping turtle just holding on for dear life. <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> do you, well, it's it's clasped down. Do you gotta try? Do you, do you, what do you, do you want to try and get it off? Uh, let's see. You know what? No, I'm gonna. Well, yes, I'm gonna try to get it off, but I'm gonna try to do it in the most magical way possible. I'm gonna cast reduce on it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the saving throw, I guess? Let me look it up real quick. Let me just make sure. R. Constitution save. Well, it's a turtle. <laughs> That's not good for me. So, what? Uh, what's your spell save, DC? Do you know? It was uh, 10 plus my proficiency plus my uh, charisma. So that's 15. Uh, okay, so I rolled a 5. This thing goes from, cool. like... The size, snapping turtles are pretty damn big. You could hold each of each <laughs> shell on each side of its cell on either side, but it suddenly halves and it's like the size of a small freshwater turtle. Um, <laughs> and in the midst of this, you, you watch it fall down on the deck of the ship and it's just slowly walking towards you going, trying to bite. I'll just extend to my claws and just pick it up when they clean my claws and hold it for a little while, trying to get it to calm down and slowly um, try to get it to like me. For a little bit, it roll me an animal handling check. Oh, good. I'm not good at this, I'm pretty sure. That's sticks. Wait, no, it's not. It's wisdom, oh. Natural 20. Wow. What? Okay. <laughs> so you're you're kind of gently holding this turtle Best after buddy. like a minute or two of this tiny turtle freaking out and like trying to reach its neck around to bite your hand. It just kind of gives up and retracts its head in the shell. And you put it down on the deck of the ship. And maybe like a few minutes later, you hear a and you look over and the turtle is full size again and it slowly pokes its head out when it sees you it pokes its head back in but now it's just on the boat with all of you does the boat stink anymore (laughs) no (laughs) that's good i know thurbash is nervous but this boat is clearly big enough to hold all of you with no problem um like it's it's technically a folding boat by dnd items which means that like it actually has like a little hold in the bottom where you can keep stuff um, and a little captain's cabin. Oh, it's it's a much larger boat than I thought. Yeah, it's okay. like a 30 foot okay. long no, no, no. boat. You, like... you, you explained it as as like, I didn't know it had a hull, in other yeah, words. Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was like a dinghy with a sail. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, this thing is, this thing's a pretty penny of a magic item. Um, but you all sail down further and we're gonna fast forward a bit. Um, with your new, I guess, snapping turtle pet. Alea's been trying to feed him the entire time. Um, constantly trying to give him, like, plants. As you pass by, you see her reach in the, the river and pull out some seaweed, and she's like, or not seaweed, but like, you know, river-dwelling plants. She pulls them out and is trying to feed the turtle, and it's not going well. Um, has she tried to, has she kept Tooberry away from it? Yes, yeah, he's in, okay. he's in her pocket, secure. To, he'll, you'll be fine. Um, but we're going to fast forward to the evening. Um, it's reached nighttime and Rose, she specifically says, I don't, we can keep going at night if you want to, but I don't necessarily trust, um, wading down these rivers at night. Um, there are some nocturnal creatures that, uh, frequent these rivers that, uh, aren't very fun to fight in the dark. Hmm. How much further do we have to travel? Um, so 
we're gonna make our way down the river to us basically a small uh, tributary uh, it's about five days roughly we're at the, just at the end of day one so five days yeah then when we get down there we're just gonna disembark and it's a pretty hefty walk we can probably hire someone at the small um, settlement there and get a horse and wagon and take the other six days westward towards uh, the Emerald Crossroads it's a little it's a bit of a hike but uh, it's a nice city it, it, it might be best to to bunker down then mm-hmm. all right Haley can you uh, turn the sails off and get us to slow down I'm gonna turn us into the river nice and gentle like sure sure um, and after a minute or two the um, the, the boat gently glides up against the shoreline a, a spot in the river where it's just kind of a soft soil embankment and there's enough space between the river and the trees for you all to set up camp if you'd like hey everybody and welcome to the mid-roll you may have noticed no Alea this week don't worry though she's still with us she just couldn't make it to this particular session recording so she'll be out of this episode and the episode that follows this If you enjoy our show, please take the time to support us by following us on Twitter, giving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes, or just telling your friends about us. Storytelling is our passion, and I want to bring that passion to everyone who follows our show. And more. If you want to name an NPC that's a non-player character for future arcs or one-shots, or, you know, maybe just learn more about the show, check us out at www.toapodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Tales of Esperon. If you like our show, you should take a look at Rolling Misadventures. They play a wacky game called Fiasco, and they are masters at improv storytelling. What happens when you take a group of podcasters and force them to play tabletop role-playing games? You end up with Rolling Misadventures, a podcast that tiptoes between actual play and improvised audio drama. Tune in for two-episode story arcs across your favorite genres. From a Western love story... Your ex-husband is fighting with your current husband again! ...to mobster family drama... I think he's been running with your with your boy, Nixon. Oh, you know better than to say that name around here. Nixon ain't no member of my family, all right? And even a musical theater production. That's fine. If you want to be known as Leaf, the man who's saying love is a Pomeranian, I am totally fine with that. The only guarantee here is that everything will end in a total fiasco. Find us at RollingMisadventures.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, is there any preparations you'd like to to make before you take camp? Is there anything you'd like to do here? Talk with each other, plan, do anything? This is kind of free RP. I would like to dig a little nest pit thing, keep my uh, my part of the camp near the water, so it's a nice soft uh, dirt for the turtle. Uh, okay, roll me a uh, nature check, I think. You know Are a you lot about turtles. This turtle? I know, I know more about turtles than anything else, at least. Yeah, like is this turtle like you're familiar now? <laughs> well, soon hopefully soon 11 okay um you have made a sizable habit a sizable hole for this turtle um do you just take him out of the boat and put him put him there yes and i keep my uh, camp nearby 
Okay. My tail stays away though. Um, you kind of you you put your little you, your bedroll down near this, and you put the turtle on the shore, and you watch it kind of investigate around, and it slowly makes its way over to this thing and just flops down, but retracts its head in the shell and is just keeping an eye on you. Um, like every time you move, you see its head pull out a little bit, and it like tenses up like it's ready to run, but it seems chill for now. Um, DM. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Did we ever decide on whether or not Thurbash had already integrated the moon-touched rapier? Yeah, or we, did, did we did. We did. Okay, cool. So I would like to, towards like the center of camp, um, I'd like to, hopefully with nobody looking, but if people are looking, people are looking, I'm going to summon my packed weapon as the moon-touched rapier and just kind of jamming in the center of the ground as like a lighting stick okay um you do this and someone notices immediately because um when the blade is unsheathed in darkness it sheds bright light in a 15 basically it, it's like a, it serves like a campfire in terms of light um yeah. it doesn't make warmth but all of you are now kind of as the sun is setting and it's starting to get dark you notice this little encampment is suddenly illuminated by this moon touch rapier that is now sticking out of the ground i'm not gonna make you all do watch for this because i have something fun planned um can you give me oh, like no. one minute i have to look something up you know what yeah anyway let's what's the watch order uh i, I will take first watch okay get hey, they'll take last watch okay um so i guess tevrid would be in the middle mm-hmm. all of you roll me a perception check 11. oh that's a five. Okay. Um, Thurbash, during your watch, everything seems to be fine. How do you how do you spend your time on this watch, considering you rolled a five? Um, Thurbash will after he uh, you know produces the rapier and kind of stabs in the ground. He's gonna set up uh, kind of like just a sitting spot, a little bit not too far away, a couple feet away. Uh, pull out you know, one of his last two sticks of incense and just kind of go into sort of like mind, like aware meditation. Mm-hmm. So like he's there, he's paying attention, but his, his, you know, mind is somewhere else for the most part. He's not focused. Let's put it like that. Okay. Um, so while, while you're kind of going through this meditation, you can hear the water of the, the river kind of burbling in your ear. Um, occasionally you can hear the wind rustle through the trees, but nothing really catches your notice. Um, Chadward, how would you like to spend your watch considering you're old and 11? Hmm. Tedward is not particularly paying attention. He's trying out a theory to see if he can write in the book to communicate with the man in his head. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay, roll me a, I think we're going to call this a persuasion check. Okay, that's a six. Mm. I don't have very good spelling. Um, someone is excessively literate. What do you write in the book? I just, I write hello. You wait a little bit. As you write it, you can feel the quill fighting you, um, but you write in the book two minutes, no response. Do you try again? Mm-hmm. Okay. I write, are you there, little me? <laughs> Um, you write this, and then you watch, the, you feel the pen lift from your hand, and it floats over to the, the book, 
and said, and then it writes, Tedward thought to himself while gesturing heroically to the rest of the group. I see how you're doing this. Gonna rewrite this attempted at communication as a moment of heroic introspection. And then he begins to forget that he was trying to talk to the man in the book, and he actually goes on a moment of heroic introspection, staring smolderingly off into the distance. <laughs> yep, it, it, and, and you look down and you see the book it wrote down, what you thought the book wrote down, which is kind of scary. I think that's successfully backfired and Ted was just, just going to stare into the distance, which is what he always does on watch. He doesn't actually know what he's watching for. Um, so <laughs> when you... Do you are you paying attention to the book at all after like before you switch up the guard? No, I, I think the idea of the book then was to draw attention away from itself, which is kind of what it always does to Tedward. It wants other people to read it, but it wants Tedward to forget it's there, like kind of like a good cameraman. Okay. Um so you hand off your watch and Haley. Um what did you roll? I rolled a fourteen. A fourteen, okay. You, uh, what I will say is you will notice something on this watch, but how would you like to spend your watch considering you rolled a 14? Uh, I'm doing my best to actually do the watch part, but I'm still fascinated by the turtle and looking for things that a turtle might eat. Okay. Um, so roll me an investigation check, I think. All right. 18. Okay. Um, you do some, with an 18, uh, it takes you a little bit, but you do find something that it eats. Um, what do turtles eat? <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of uh, Tedward. Like, he's on watch, but for him, watch is just I watch. Literally, nothing, <laughs> nothing in particular. I just watch. That's what I do. It's in the name, dude. What do you do on watch? <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> so after some time, you. You keep kind of procuring, kind of following the same rhythm Alea was, procuring these kind of, this aquatic vegetation from the river. Um, it's mostly just like river grass and things like that. Um, but you pull them out and keep trying to feed. And over the course of your watch, the, the, um, the snapping turtle does start to eat it. And after some time, you're like, oh, okay, he's fed. And then you watch the turtle kind of slowly crawl to the river and it's just looking down in the water and you see its head spring out and it grabs a very slow moving fish from the bank and it just starts eating it. Um, and while this is happening, you hear. And you look off and floating right by Tedward where he's now napping or on his bedroll, you see the book just writing. What do you I think? try to stalk the book. Okay. Um, you don't really have to try too hard to stalk. You just kind of quietly make your way over and you see the book is still scribbling. And you kind of look over and read. For the first time in many, many, many moons, a night of travel has been uneventful. <laughs> Me and my party have not been accosted by fiends and monsters in the woods. And as I slept, little did I know, something was looming on the horizon. And with your perception check, as you say this, you kind of look up and look at the rest of the camp because that's a little foreboding. And very far away in the distance, you see a light in the sky, like orange. It, at this point, it's probably like five in the morning if we were to put it into Earth time, like our Earth time, but the sun hasn't quite risen yet, but you can see it's changing color. 
And as that line finishes, and you you see the pen go, like three dots, and the book slams shut, you hear, and you look in the direction of that dot, and now it's a lot bigger. Mm. And you like you get after you see the this white flash happen, and then after about five or six seconds, you hear what sounds like thunder, roll past your ears. Uh, I go to grab the turtle. <laughs> At this point, you you make your way over to the little nest, and you notice that the turtle is almost in the river. It is a wild animal. Mm. It'll be safer in the river. <laughs> uh, it's I'll I'll let, I'll let be clear. This this mode of light is pretty far away. Um, oh. And you kind of wait a minute, two minutes, and you notice it is getting a bit bigger. Uh, I will pull the turtle and put it back five feet and then go to wake someone up. You pick it up, put it put it back. It tries to take a snap, it snap, but then it wouldn't realizes it's something that hasn't actively tried to kill it. It's it backs off. Um, and with a quick gesture, do you all wake up easily? I mean, I'm pretty yeah, sure Tedward right. sleeps like a sack of potatoes, but I, I would kick him. Thurmash would wake up easily. Um, so with a start, everyone's awoken. What would you all like to do? Or what, Haley, how would you like to start kick this off? The book's warning us about something. I don't know what it is. It's scaring me. You hear Ro- Rose rolling over and she goes, what are you talking about? The book says something forbid- foreboding and then there's a light over there. That book says a lot of things. It's probably nothing. It tells me there's something foreboding on the way after every meal. <laughs> God damn it. All right, you get inspiration for that. <laughs> I, won't lie, I, took the I cannot wait to abuse that inspiration point. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Haley, you were saying? Oh, I took the wind right out of Haley's sails. <laughs> <laughs> Haley was tucked between my legs, and I just kind of, well, as you if say, you think so. So, as you say this, you hear Rose go, yeah, that, that light's getting bigger. And she's pointing off across the river into the sky, like towards the plains. And you guys can see that there's this this like vibrant orange light in the sky that's getting larger, which probably means it's either A, getting bigger where it's at, or B, moving closer. Do we, could we figure out relatively how far away it is? Well, actually, I mean, no, because we, we don't have a frame of reference, right? Because we don't know how big the actual object might be. Yeah. So we, we have no idea. Um, are there any, like, trees or uh, anything local that I can use as, like, a reference to figure out how far away it is? Um, I think how we'll do this is roll me a survival check. I'm really good at surviving things like Tedward. That's a natural 20. There okay. You, go. Um, you know first... The light is getting larger because it's clearly moving closer. In the horizon, you can see little patches of trees and things like that. Um, And as it approaches, you can see it's actually making some light on the plains as it heads your way. And very quickly, you watch this bright light fly over your head pretty high up and go beyond you and sail into the woods. And with, uh, what's your your passive perception? Uh, 11. Okay, with an 11, you can tell that this, whatever it is, it's roughly the same size as the boat you were just, like your boat, right? The one that you guys currently have docked at the water. 
are like tied down at the edge of the riverbank and you watch it sail over your head and at the very back of it there's a trail of like voluminous fire pouring from the back of it with black smoke and you watch it sail past you um can everyone roll me a perception check 13 2 3 um or Haley and um Tedward. you see this thing fly overhead and you're like that's really weird and then with a very quick glance you can see that on top of this thing there's a big 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 bulbous piece of canvas that is ruptured and there's fire pouring out of it and you go wait a minute i think that's an airship as it just sails by and then you hear it vanishes in the tree line and you feel the ground shake beneath your feet oh yeah airship flying cousin of the common tree what what is an what, what wait what is an airship and how is it the cousin of a tree <laughs> i know trees very well i do not know these airships it's made of trees but that how what <laughs> um and rose goes yeah that didn't that didn't look good i thought it was pretty cool she looks at the book with a bit of concern on her face Perhaps we should uh, make sure that everything is all right. I say we go look for survivors. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great idea. Tedward, can you just wrap that book up and uh, try and keep it close for me? Because that's... Mm, we'll talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's no controlling that thing. <laughs> she leaps for it and tries to grab. And it definitely zips out of the way and flies into the woods. Fine. All right. Um. Oh, but Zalea is still napping. Um. Do you think y'all can give it a quick peek, or do you want me to come along? No, we can handle it. Yeah, we'll be fine. We should be all, all right. All right. Um. She she starts rooting through her bag and pulls out like um like a wooden ruler, and you hear her muttering some words. She goes, "Here, Tedward. If anything goes wrong, snap this in half. It'll let me know." Cool. You have a shovel? Might have to bury a body this time. I mean, might have to... <laughs> and that is the perfect moment to have all of you quickly sprint off in the woods and you hear Rose going... Wait, what? <laughs> um, so you all run... Who would like to take point on finding this thing? Tedward Google to go in front. He's the, he's the meat shield of the group. Okay. Would you like to roll me a survival check? Okay. I actually can do that. 18. Nice. Okay. So you pinpointed pretty easily, mostly because um, there's a there's a smoke trail um, that is quickly dissipating, but you kind of have it enough to get a dig on it. Um, and you start making your way through the woods. Um, this particular portion of like this small kind of thicket on the side of the riverbank here is relatively thick. Um, you make it into certain points where you're kind of wading through rose bushes and like getting prick, little pricks and things like that. Nothing to cause damage, but mostly a minor annoyance to slow you down. Um, and after some time, you come across um, a stream that it, this, it takes you about um, an hour of kind of wading through the woods. Like you make your way in a direction, reorient yourself to the smoke, keep moving. And because of the, the forest here is so dense, it takes a while. 
Um, but on the way here, you make your way to um, what crosses your path is a small stream, maybe about 10 feet across. Um, based on where it is, it looks like it might be heading in the direction of the river. Um, but it also goes off in the forest towards wherever the smoke trail is. Can everyone roll me a perception check? God, that's a four. That is a 20, not natural 20, not a natural 19. 17. Okay, so from here, um, on the other side of the river, or the, the, the stream here, um, you can see a light kind of flickering in the woods and a fire that looks like it's starting to spread. Oh. It's probably mm. about 200 feet away through the woods. How big is the stream across from us? Uh, 10 feet. You could wade through it. We can wade through it? Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to start trying to move my way through it. Okay, everyone, or anyone who would like to wade through it, just roll me an athletics check really quick. Got a sure. 12 going on there. Okay. Five. Five. So four. Oof. I have a minus one to my athletics. Uh, 13. Okay. Um, you all make it through, um, aside for, I think it was um, Haley who rolled the lowest. He's kind of, mm -hmm. it's not like you're getting swept away because it's, it's only a small stream, deep enough for you to wade through. But you are slowed down. And with some help, you managed to make it out. Now I'm gonna roll here. Okay. Um, as you're slowed down, kind of helping Haley through the, the stream here, you notice that the fire in the woods has gotten a lot bigger, quickly, very quickly. What would you all like to do? Now that you're on the other side of the bank, soaking wet. Uh, fireproof is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you guys do? Kind of magic. So my magic starts fires. I have nothing to deal with fire. <laughs> Can you start, as the old saying goes, a fire to fight fire with fire? A small one, maybe. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. That over there is a big fire. It eats <laughs> small fires. Is there enough, DM, is there enough space for us to walk through the area without getting burnt? Um... Well, so between you and this source of the fire, there's maybe about 200 feet. So you can make your way up to it. Um, being in there, I'll, I'll let you know. But basically, you can wade your way through the woods and get closer and to get a better look of the situation without being in immediate danger. I'm, if you I'm linger gonna, for too long, definitely, but not right now. I'm going to wade closer, but I'm probably not going to get too close. Okay. Um, so you all make your way through the woods towards the source of this fire. Are you being If we stealthy? ever run into small enough... Oh, stealthy. Hmm. If no. we ever run into small enough fires, I'm going to use presentation to put them out. Small enough. Okay. Um, so as you get closer, you do find pieces or bits of kind of brush that are starting to smolder, and you use press the digitation to kind of keep it at bay around you. Um, it's a bit of a chore because you can only do small spaces, but it's enough to keep you guys safe um you notice that for the the tree line on roughly every side is kind of coated in a little bit of fire um and there are a bunch of trees that have been knocked down and all pushed in a particular direction where this airship you can now tell has clearly crashed and just dug a divot in the ground as it tore through the forest um at this clearing that has now been made about 50 feet away you notice that there's a small 
iron-hulled ship, um, roughly the same size as the ship you all were using. Though torn about and strewn across the trees, you can see there are there's this wide canvas um, that is that was likely used to hold the ship up. And over this, you see that the, the ship has kind of impacted in the crater and snapped in the middle. Um, and you can see from inside that like a dark hull has been exposed. Um, but one thing, so uh, were you guys approaching stealthily or just making your way up? No, I was making my way up. I, yeah, I'm I was not, not being stealthy. I'm holding the, the moon-touched rapier in one hand and using it as like a light source so I can move closer. Okay. So I'm definitely not stealthing. Okay, so you are making your way forward. Hey, Light, while you are putting down the flames here, can you roll me a um, perception check? Sure. Natural 20. Good. So you're standing by the edge of the trees, um, just surrounding where you all are, and you are kind of using your hand to put quell the flames with your magic. What does this look like? It just kind of looks like the fire is getting smaller out of nowhere. Okay, yeah. So you're as you're waving your hand across it, the fire is reducing. And you notice one piece of the one section of the fire doesn't quell. And then you get a closer look at it and you can see that the fire has some kind of shape to it. And from the flames, you watch these little shapes of fire curl up and swell like the fire is getting bigger in like a orb shape. And then you see these two red embery eyes open up in the sphere as what looks to be a mall made of fire opens. And you see an orb of fire start to build up in the center. Can you roll me a dexterity save with advantage? All right. Well, that's probably not good. <laughs> uh, nine. Okay. Um, does not pass. So. Yeah. Good at seeing things. You will take eight fire damage. Um, as Ooh. well, actually, every I need a dex save from everybody. Oh boy. I just realized that the range of this ability is a little bit. Ah, seventeen. <laughs> 17. Okay, Tedward. And you're a barbarian. Do you have danger sense, right? Uh, yeah. So that you would have advantage. looks like this. I can't read my handwriting, but it looks like it has enough letters to spell danger sense. 12, 12 for Thurbash. Okay. Um, so both of you will take four fire damage as you hear Hele yelp Ow. and you both turn <laughs> to see the fire has kind of formed in the shape of this little orb that has now sprouted two fiery little arms and it's opened its mouth and is now breathing fire on the forest, or breathing fire on this little clearing you've made for yourselves. I'm um, thinking somebody had a really great idea to use a fire elemental to power an airship. I still don't know what that is. I also don't know what the other thing is. So <laughs> very quickly, can I get an initiative roll? Yeah. Eight. 11. Oh, that is a... 20, natural 19. Okay, so the way this is going to work out is it'll be um, the determination here. You guys were doing your group initiative check versus this thing. It rolled a five. So um, all of you have a turn to act before it goes again. What would you like to do? I have two ideas I'd like to run by you guys. One, can we get Igni to negotiate with it? I don't know where Igni is or how to talk to Igni. Well, Igni's with... Alayla, uh, who is back with Rose. Oh, wonderful. 
<laughs> and also in the sword. And Alayla is the only one who can talk to Igni. Haley's so talked the, to Igni. Haley has talked to Igni through the sword. All right, that's a I long way to go for a light snack. Wait, <laughs> you have the sword? Good lord! Uh, I always have the sword. Yeah. Oh, sweet! Can you summon Igni? Yeah, summon Igni. <laughs> I've never my, been able to. My plan I just B talk is to the sword. Can we grab that big thing of canvas, like the old school parachute game you play in? school and just maybe smother this thing okay although um, like it would be better if Haley could get igni to show up i'll try but no promises try the magic uh, word um please actually no abracadabra dumbass i have a please? question <laughs> what's your question what was it oh um so if i can see the sword does that mean I can see Igni? Mm. It's important for a spell. Wait, I'm so con- No. Okay, so that's not, not, that's not gonna work. Basically what I was going to try and do is cast Suggestion on the sword to make Igni appear. Ah, uh, okay. Well, if you want to try and summon Igni, you would just have to give me a persuasion check. Yeah, I'm gonna jump back first and then do that. Okay, um, so you disengage so. from this thing. As you do- Oh, it does not roll well. You watch one of these fiery hands reach out and try to swipe at you, and you just kind of duck under it and roll away. Cool. I rolled a 16. Okay. Um, you put your hand on the hilt of the sword. What do you say to get Igni to come out? Do, do you know... Do you, anyway, you can talk to this fire elemental, uh, fire elemental thing you've over. Uh, we, uh, it, bit, it bit me. I don't like it. Um, you hear a voice go, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then a, and then a little black cat f- f- curls out of fire and smoke at your feet and, and Igni's looking at you. You know him? And it's point to the thing. He looks at, Igni looks over his shoulder and then looks back at you and goes, "What is that supposed to mean?" It bit me. It's a fire elemental. You're a f- fire elementally thing. Do you not know each other? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Igni narrows its eyes and goes, "I'm not even going to address how problematic that is." And turns his head. Also, no, I do not know. Well, thank you. Okay. Understandable. All right. Can you talk to it? Uh, Tedward, you're up. Can you talk to it at least? Are you going to use your turn to ask him? I mean, I can speak and do other things. As I'm speaking, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gathering up the canvas. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you quickly run over to the ship and start pulling, like, canvas down from the trees and, like, all torn up. Um, and Igni goes, I, if we speak the same language, maybe. And Igni looks over and goes, hey. Why are you doing this? And it just goes and just starts expanding and the trees start lighting on fire again. And he goes, oh, that's not good. Why, what did he say? He just yelled. He's really <laughs> angry. All right, uh, um, I will explain real quick my plan to the other guys. Uh, quick, grab this canvas. We're gonna try to smother it like a, like a kicked over lantern. Sure. There's a pregnant pause here. Do you disagree? <laughs> Are you asking? No, I'm. Um, yes, as the only as the only group member who has not assented to this plan. Uh, I have I have an idea that could help, but it isn't involved Oof. in grabbing feel, the canvas. I feel attacked. I have an idea that could help. <laughs> okay, what's your idea? Uh, my idea is I'm going to cast Suggestion and make the creature stand still so that we can actually wrap it up without it fighting back. Good idea. 
Okay. Um, so, Tedward, you take your turn gathering up all these um, these kind of ca- like this canvas from um, the trees around you. Igni is trying to talk with a thing and it's just screaming. And Te- and uh, Thurbash, you you're trying to cast suggestion. Yeah, I'm gonna turn to it and I'm going to uh, attempt to cast suggestion. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say, um, stay still, don't move. Okay. Um, what's your saving throw, DC? It must make a Pretty fourteen, sure wisdom. a right. fourteen wisdom saving throw. Okay. Um, you say this. How do you cast the spell? Uh, I'm going to so one hand on the moon touch rapier above my head so I can see. I'm going to push out the other hand and like I'm pushing like the words towards it. I'm going to like stay still, don't move. Okay. As you say this, um, you watch it kind of rotate to regard you and these kind of embered like coal like eyes narrow at you and then you watch the flames kind of quell and it shrinks for a moment and you're like yes and then it doubles in size and opens its mouth again no (laughs) i need a i'm gonna say at this point because you guys have probably spread out to avoid the cone of fire um thurbash can i get a dexterity saving throw yeah i can i can roll you a dexterity saving throw (laughs) Uh, that is a 19 plus one, which is a 20. Okay, uh, 20. You only take, sadly enough, one fire damage, um, because you see it coming. Mm. But you duck down and you can feel it singeing the hair on the top of your head, and, like, because you're afraid of fire and you don't really know why, your heart is beating really fast and it's kind of confusing. Didn't Uh, work! Didn't work! Get the canvas! It didn't work! Uh, was it its turn or our turn now? It's your turn now. It just spent its turn trying to melt uh, Alright, um, I'm gonna ask Igni. Can you tell it's speaking a language or just screaming in general? Ignin, it's definitely a fire elemental. I'm gonna cast Comprehend Language. Okay, um, as this, so, Comprehend, yeah, okay, we'll say, um, use your turn casting this. What does it look like when you cast it? I'm just kind of sitting there, plucking at the furs around my hair, Trying to figure out what it's. Uh, I have no idea what it looks like to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Just me, like kind of shaping my mouth. Yeah. So you you do this, and as it happens, you suddenly all the roaring fire around you starts to kind of diminish and go to the background, as you can clearly hear what this creature is saying as it's yelling, and it's going, "Hickory, Hickory, yes!" And it's you watch as the flames around the tr- the trees around you start to get brighter and hotter. Oh my god, it's a drug addict. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everybody, and thanks for sticking around. Our songs and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, which you can find in our episode description, and on Bandcamp. You may have noticed a strange episode appear on our podcast feed last week. This is for our second campaign, The Gilded Lily. It runs every other week between our normal episodes, and we have an animated trailer for it pinned to our Twitter, at Tales of Esperon, just in case you don't want to commit to a whole episode just yet. This story is a separate campaign from the Tales of Esperon main feed, but it's occurring in the same world, in the same canon as this very show. You'll get to follow the story of four wizard college dropouts who accidentally become pirates. There will be dinosaurs, deep sea adventure, and the cries of me being tortured by a party, 
that can all use spells like Firebolt, Charm Person, Magic Missile, Fireball. Um, I swear I, I haven't ripped my hair out just yet. Anyways, I hope you enjoy that. Stay safe and see you soon. with some kind of demented sweet tooth for hickory burning down an entire forest because then while this is happening um i can do a solo with alaya to cut back to her while you are all (laughs) (laughs) my next plan is to go somebody tell me what the opposite of hickory is did it trees trees don't have opposites (laughs) everything has an opposite (laughs) i guess mahogany i don't know Oh, it had to be something expensive. So, just so you know, this is a pullback, like a pull through to the joke you made about what Igni loves to eat the most. Oh, no. <laughs> and you were like, was it like Grillmaster Charcoal and something? And Igni was like, did you say Grillmaster? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this this fire ele- elemental is going nuts because he's a, he's surrounded by hickory trees. It's like cat. Uh, we have to detox an elemental. <laughs> uh, gonna jump right. on it with my canvas sun's getting real low <laughs> <laughs> sun's oh, getting gosh. real low